The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. Welcome to the business show that will change the way you look at your business practice, your organization, and yourself. This is Let's Get Radical with Liz Gold and Jody Paydar. On today's show, you'll get the straight scoop on what it means to be radical and how it can help you become the next success story. Now, here are your hosts, Jody and Liz. Hey, Liz, are you ready? Jody, I am totally ready. Let's do this. It's so exciting. How are you doing today? Oh, it's cold here in Chicago. Um, the middle yeah. of you know winter holiday season. But um, yeah, and it's it's like can't believe like that Christmas is here almost, right? That like I know all the gift buying and all that stuff is just going on. And I I mean it's good. It's good. It's fun. I love the holidays. How are you? How are you doing with all of that? Like what? Because you you celebrate a variety of holidays, right? Oh, I celebrate whoever wants to celebrate with me. But um, <laughs> it's very nice. I love that. <laughs> no, it's it's good, and and we've um, it's good because like the whole online thing is just my go-to now. Like I don't even yeah. want to go to the store. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but um, everything is like shipped to um to us, and then we wrap it or whatever. It's like. Yeah, I like I'm not going to the mall these days. And you, Liz? You know, I, I, I'm good. You know, I'm a Hanukkah person, but I do celebrate like whatever holiday comes my way. And I love to do the whole, you know, Jewish Christmas where you go and have watch a movie and go to um, Chinese food. I have to admit that's like what we do every year. But I also like to buy gifts that are local because, I mean, either they're on, not, not in terms of, I like to buy gifts from small businesses, whether that's Etsy or a private small business. Um, you know, I really, that's what I like to do. I mean, I think it's really nice to buy, you know, support small businesses. So I'm really excited because today we have an artist on the show with us who runs her own small business. And I think it's going to be really fun to talk to um, Hannah Tarkinson. I'll just launch into the to the intro because I think we're we're there, right, Jody? I mean, you know, um, so absolutely, Han- yeah. Hannah, I actually know Hannah. We graduated high school together. Shout out to Deering, nineteen ninety four. I'm just aging <laughs> us. Sorry, <laughs> but Hannah um, is from my hometown, Portland, Maine, and she is the founder and designer behind the brand Ponomo, um, and it was founded in two thousand and one. And initially was a, you know, uh, a line of one of a kind hand tooled leather handbags, and that grew after you know creating a um, or attracting a, a loyal customer base. It grew to um, evolve fine jewelry, belts, and other leather accessories. Um, and so she, where she started out in a small a, a small basement studio. She's now in museums, galleries, specialty boutiques all throughout New England, has a dedicated e-commerce site and a very busy studio in Portland, Maine's thriving 
East Bayside. Aside from that, she's also in, she's also a musician and in two bands um, and a mother, and she's very busy. So welcome to the show, Hannah. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Liz and Jody. I so appreciate you guys having me on. So, so tell us about Panoma. First of all, am I pronouncing it right? Because I just, I, I usually <laughs> I have to ask that. It's very tomato, tomato. It's Ponomo. That's how I pronounce Ponomo. it. Okay. Ponomo. Ponomo. Um, okay. But a lot of people call it Ponomo. So, you're, so tell you know. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I do want to get it right, and yeah, I might Ponomo. need a couple. Okay, there you go, Ponomo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of known for, like, mispronouncing things, even when I asked the, the person beforehand. So just bear with me. But um, no so, so, t- so tell us how you came up with that name and how sort of your business was born. Well, I'll tell you, um, I was in Boston, living in Boston, and I was visiting a friend in San Francisco, and I was flying from um, right out of Boston, and there was a woman with a bag, and it was so beautiful. And I decided that my, my um, souvenir would be a bag. But my kind of, um, the problem was I had a high level of quality taste and a low budget. So I came back from Boston, and on a trip back to Portland, I was visiting my parents and bought some leather at a place called the Children's Resource Center. Um, they would get donations and uh, resell them, and I got this hide of leather, and I used a hammer and a nail, and I made my first bag. Um, wow. Yeah, and, and it, I kind of, you know, I grew up pretty poor in the beginning, and if I wanted something, we would make it. That was sort of the mm-hmm. gift my parents gave me. You know, if I, at one time, my mom took me to the perfumery, I'm doing air quotes here, uh, which was our mm-hmm. kitchen and our double-wide trailer, <laughs> <laughs> and we met with a perfumologist, which was my mom, and he concocted, or she concocted a, a mixture of vanilla extract and olive oil and there you had it. I had my first concoction of uh, wow of yeah of oils. So you know, I grew up just sort of knowing if I wanted it, if I couldn't afford it, I could make it, and that that gift um, was the gift I kept on giving. A lot so of my you went. Was, okay. Yeah. No, go off, finish what you were going to say. Well, I was just going to say a lot of the stuff in the beginning, you know, I, I started Ponomo with $20 in my pocket. So it was a lot of salvaged leather goods um, and uh, repurposing uh, by, ne- by need. And then that turned into a philosophy of, of using as many recyclable goods as possible because, you know, quite frankly, we have enough stuff in the world. Um, yeah. So I yeah. had to make things look good. You know, I had to make them not look re- reused in order to... You know, that was my goal, was to make them look pristine and, um, and you know, with an edge, because that's my style, but with, you know, brand new. From And were you working a day job at this time, or were you... Yeah, um, you know, like, what was your, I had been a photographer job? in Boston, okay. and uh, we moved mm-hmm. back to Portland after September 11th, um, mm-hmm. and I was, I was also running a, a, a place called um, Improbable Players. I was the program manager there. Um, and I, it's basically an acting group that goes into schools and businesses and puts on plays about social justice. Um, and the actors, it's unique in that the actors had to experience what they were performing. So if they were performing a play on um, addiction, they had to be recovering addicts. If they were performing a play on, on bigotry, they had to have experienced it on HIV-AIDS. They had to have experienced it personally or through a loved one. Um, and so that, that introduced me to the world of small business and the boss mm-hmm. I had in, um, at that job, Lynn Bradley, uh, changed my life. She basically said to me, if you follow your dreams, there's going to come a day 
where um, if you follow your dreams and you have a family, there will come a day where you feel while at home that you should be at work and while at work you should be at home. And she said, you know, my, my best advice I could give you is to have your head be where your feet are at all times. Hmm. You know, wow. and that, was, that was a huge, it, it gave me permission to have those feelings of not, you know, am I doing this right? Am I spending too much time here and not a time, enough time there? It made it very right. real. Like, that's okay to, to try to keep that balance and, and not always get it right. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I just, I'm so struck by, you know, your, you know, your ability to just go into the resource center and be like, I'm buying uh, some leather and I'm going to put together a bag and like, you know, uh, this like fearless quality. And maybe it's not fearlessness, but you just learned that if you wanted something, um, you had to make it. And so, I mean, just curious, like, what was it like for you to like, make your first bag what did you what kind of feelings were there and what what um were you inspired were you excited were you fear like did you were like can yeah. I do this you know what what was that like for you I was I'll have to say I was just I was I yeah. just wanted it you know and um I should back up a little bit and say that you know, I'm also a musician and I'm self-taught and I think a lot of that um you know I was fired by three different music teachers because I could hear it and play it, but I, I had a hard time settling down long enough to mm-hmm. learn it, uh, to read proper mm-hmm. music, and, and I, I really, to this day, wish I had, but I just, it, it, you know, I had ADD growing up, and I didn't know that, so I kind of was reared, or, or you know, accepted, and, and it was nurtured by my parents that, you know, if you're excited about something, you will find a way to make that happen, and, um, you know, money doesn't stop you, the way you learn doesn't stop you. Um, and so with the bag, you know, I just, I had a hammer and a nail. That's how I made the holes in the bag to get through that thick leather. And I just used the thickest string I could use, you know, and slowly, I mean, it was all trial and error, every single bit of it. I had no training. I was trained in photography. I was not trained in, in the bags. Um, and and then how did it go to actually selling it versus like making one for yourself and then saying, Hmm, did everyone, was everyone like, Oh, I love your bag. And then you're like, Oh, I could make another one. Yeah, it did actually. And it's so funny because I kept that bag as a reminder. Um, I, you know, I, I had a bunch of people stop me and ask me where I got the bag. And, you know, again, we were moving. And so when I, when I moved to Portland, um, getting photo gigs, I had to kind of go back down the bottom of a totem pole of, you know, it was more corporate mm-hmm. stuff. So I had to kind of reassess what I wanted with my life. And um, the ladies at Bliss Boutique on Exchange Street gave me my first chance. They, they bought a bunch of bags, or actually they were consignment. And, um, and they just gave me my first chance to expose my work and, uh, you know, I was doing it by hand, and I had a friend. It was hard. It was really hard. And I had a friend who was sort of at a place in her life where she was looking to move, and uh, my friend Martha Baldwin, and she, I convinced her to move to Maine and move in with us, my husband and I, and um, we started the company together. We made it official and um, made a bunch of bags and sold them throughout New England, and all one of a kind, all hand-stitched. And, you know, it was hard to make uh, business work with two creatives, uh, neither of us yeah. are really business people. So she really felt that. She she was like, this is not a risk I can continue to take. Uh, she's still extremely creative and has gone on to become, um, well, she, right now she's teaching, but she's also got her master's in art education and art therapy. Um, so, and we've become wonderful friends. In fact, we made a, we made a friendship contract to make sure of that, 
in case, you know, oh, wow. or the business. Yeah. So, um, so, but we started it for a year. We worked together side by side. If the walls of my basement could talk, I, <laughs> you know, we just processed a lot of life. And um, so it, yeah, it I love that you I had, had a, a friendship. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, well, just, you know, I've, I had this partnership and this friendship with someone who could go through that early year of just all the what ifs, you know, and, right. and the hope and the frustration and the not paying yourself and, you know, that whole year of just, oh, my God, what in the heck are we doing, you know? Um, and then yeah. when she left, I had to reassess. But by that point, I just had kind of gotten enough traction and... Um, I soon thereafter got pregnant. I wasn't planning on it, but I did. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I had, you know, it was actually the perfect situation to be making bags when I was pregnant. And um, I had a day job, too, working at a photo lab. Um, but really, this was the goal. This was the, you know, as soon as it was affordable, I would do it. And You're doing it. I'm doing it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to say that I think a friendship uh, a friendship agreement or contract is like really kind of an interesting take because a lot of people, first of all, they don't they don't have contracts with people that they get into business with, which is yeah. you know dangerous. Yeah. But I think it's interesting, like people usually who do that, like are there to protect the business, where it's like from your end, you're wanting to protect the friendship, which I think is really beautiful, honestly, and different. Thank you. So. Um, that's really cool. So, so, um, Ponomo. Ponomo, yeah. <laughs> Ponomo, God, like, Geronimo, Ponomo. Okay, so tell us quickly before we go to break, what, what, how did you come up with the name? Yes, Ponomo. okay, so I'll tell you, we, we vowed, Martha and I vowed never to tell anyone, but, um, oh. we've told, since we've told, we've told people since. <laughs> Basically, we had locked ourselves in our studio, and we spent hours, highly caffeinated, like merging our mother's maiden names and our favorite, you know, numbers and like all these things. And finally, at one point I looked at her and I was just like, Martha, I just don't want to be Ponomo. <laughs> she was like, Ponomo, Pornomore. That's it. Don't tell anyone what it means, but Ponomo, that's the name of this business. And that's what it was. It was literally just us being early, like trying to get an artistic business off the ground, being, you know, broke paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. You know? And you're... You were like before your time because now like you go to these fancy branding agencies and they come up with these <laughs> names that like mean nothing. And here you were doing this 15 years ago. <laughs> well, hey, okay, I'll take Brainstorming. That. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to take a quick break, but we are talking to Hannah Tarkinson of Ponomo. Ponomo. Ponomo, my gosh, I'm terrible at this. I'm really sorry. Like, you know, Edgar Allan Poe. Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> okay, Edgar Allan <laughs> All right, so stay tuned. We're going to hear more about Hannah's brand when we come back. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A dot com. 
advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Pedar. And today we're talking to Hannah Tarkinson. She's the founder and designer behind Ponemo. Yes, girl. Yes, I literally wrote Poe, like at ground yeah. Poe in my name. Um, <laughs> we're just having fun here because you know how I am with um, pronouncing names sometimes. But we're talking about, um, you know, Hannah's brand, which is started out making hand-tooled leather um handbags and now um she's basically exploded and is making a variety of different things including really cool jewelry i have a pair of her safety pin earrings that i'm wearing right now and so so how did you decide to expand hannah like and how did it sort of grow and what are you what are you doing now let's talk about today okay well um today i'm in full holiday elf mode um (laughs) um, it's funny i will i will I will explain that growth for me is um, just, it's as spiritual as it is, you know, business and professional mm-hmm. because my goal was to just be in Barney's and to blow up and follow my dreams of being like this worldwide fashion designer. And um, it ended up dialing it back for me. Part of, part of what being a good business person for me was looking at the life that was, I was actually living at that moment and knowing what I could actually do. Um, and mm. so today I have a studio um, in East Bayside in a, in a big artist building called Running With Scissors. Um, mm. And I, I do custom, mostly custom work. And um, I pulled out of a, a ton of the, the retail stores that I was in um, and really am focusing on approaching galleries and museums and working one-on-one with clients and working from my, my website um, and that's that's for manageability, um, and that's also for to really fine tune my mission, which is to keep the art of fashion alive, like to truly do one of a kind pieces. You know, I do have some runs of sm- like small runs of things that I'll do, um, but what keeps me the most 
uh, happy and passionate about what I do is keeping it as one of a kind as possible, and that's almost insane in business. Um, mm-hmm. But I have found a way to make it work. Uh, the way that my family we structure it is that you know I'm home every day after school with my kids, um, so I have a leather studio at home and I have a jewelry studio outside of the house. So I split my work up that way, um, and, and I want that today. You know, there was a long time where I was like, oh, I'll get a nanny, and I'll do this, and I'll do that. You know, just thinking if I blow up, this will, this will be. But uh, it's less about uh, big scheme and more about big picture. <laughs> that makes well, sense? Yeah. not all growth is good growth, too, and a right. lot of people don't realize that. And especially right. if you're doing something that's handcrafted, yes. and when you look towards a brand and, and even pricing with it, yeah. If you can keep it more one of a kind, you can add more intrinsic value to it and you can yeah. actually charge more for it. Right. And I think a lot of people like confuse mass with mm-hmm. profitable. And yeah. usually the more mass produced things are, the less profitable they are. So it's right. really interesting. And it's so funny because you say one of a kind and... um I go to this really cool show called the One of a Kind Show. It's in Chicago. It's at the Merchandise Mart, and it's every Christmas yeah. time. And there's similar artisans who are there, and they um, they have, like, the most beautiful things. And yeah. it amazes me because it's such a, a, a special show that yeah. everyone comes out in droves to see the uh, – the one-of-a-kind items that all the um, the artisans make. And, and it amazes me because everyone's saying it's a craft show. I was like, yeah, no, it's not a craft show. Right, right? It's right. like beautiful art and it's it's all galleried and everything and are juried. And, and it always amazes me because I think a lot of times people don't realize that sometimes if you slow down yeah. that you can actually become more profitable. Yeah, I appreciate you being, being the businesswoman of the show saying that because it's <laughs> You know, I, I had a great conversation with a man named Alfred, um, who is an engraver here in Maine. He um, He's one of the last ones, I believe. And he told me he used to have a place on uh, Exchange Street, which is our kind of fancy business street in Portland. Um, and he was talking with a friend. I'm not sure if he'd want me to name that friend who owned a very big jewelry business in Maine. You know, millions and millions of profit each year. But what they had, they they discovered that what they had in their bank account was the exact same. And, you know, Alfred mm. was running a small business where he was the primary jeweler and he was meeting with his clients one-on-one. And this, you know, the, the owner of his company was running a huge multi-million dollar business with lots of staff. But at the end of the day, you know, their bank account said the same thing. And it really gave me hope. Like, okay, like, what is my goal? My goal is to be happy and peaceful. That's what I want, you know? So mm-hmm, right. what is my, you know, I'm, I'm also a musician. I want time for that. I'm a mother. I need mm-hmm. time with my children and my husband. You know, so I think, you know, how you make it work is as important as what you're working for, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's a lot, that's a big reason why a lot of people go out on their own and yeah. decide to, you know, create a business, whatever that business may be, because, right. you know, when you're working for somebody else, you don't have that time. You don't have that sort of decision, you know, you're just sort of like, you have to do what the other person tells you to do. And I think, you know, and I I also think like, the fact that you make custom jewelry, and you make custom, you know, leather goods for people, I mean, you're going to attract a different type of clientele than somebody that's going to go to a big jewelry store and pick out something that's like, you know, one of many things in a case, you know, I think it's a very different um, experience, you know, yeah, 
And, and it's, so, you know, for me, yeah. it's, it's inspiring to keep the, you know, what motivates me is meeting with my clients, is sitting down mm-hmm. and collaborating on, on what they want. You know, a lot of people bring me um, heirlooms from their family. You know, this Christmas I, I, I worked on, um, a friend brought me the belts of her father who had just passed away this year, and I made earrings and cuffs and, and all these gifts that she gave to her family, and I have a, another friend wow. who brought me the, tea, the, sh- the flannel shirts of her grandfather, and I repurposed them into scarves for her. You know, it, so there's some really beneficial work that gets done. It's deeper than just the business of it, you know, and, and it's beyond the craft. It's, it's true human connection when you go that route, and it's a slow burn, you know. Like, I, I didn't become a millionaire, I'm, that's, but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm rich in other ways, and um, and to, honestly, this has been one of the most profitable years for me. Uh, going, I, I took a big risk not to do as many holiday shows. I did one show at the big studio that I, I work out of, and um, and then I did custom orders, and that's been I was a risk, but I just felt like that's where I excel. You know, I excel the mm-hmm. most working with people and really figuring out what they want and really meeting their style. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and with the internet too, it's like you have this whole new marketplace as well, right? So you're not right. just limited to people who are in Maine, like right, the whole right. world. It, so, right. so even when you go like hyper focused and and you go a lot, I'll say smaller or one of a kind thing, you have such a bigger marketplace now across the internet and across like the world, not even just the country, like across the yeah. world, versus just saying, okay, you know, people in um in in downtown Portland, Maine, right? Like, so yeah. like you have this huge marketplace to expand that uniqueness too. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you want to know what I'm making, um, you know, actually I don't keep my website as up to date as I'd like to, but my Instagram is pretty close to mm-hmm. real time. Mm-hmm. You know, like every day I'll, I'll, I'll post something um, because I love that when other artists are doing it, you know, and, I, and it's really benefited me. It's really benefited to, for people to see real time what the art is what what art is being created and the dirty hands you know my hands look you polish jewelry it does not polish your hands ladies i'll just tell you that much mm-hmm. having, like, having <laughs> the real grit is is as yeah much and as what's input. the the makeup of your business for like i would say online sales versus in-store sales or in studio sales what what kind of makeup do you think your business has evolved to i would say it's mostly in studio um and uh I have a few wholesale accounts that I'm doing right now. I'm this year the big the big kick, um, and I'm I'm planning to meet with an advisor around this actually is to boost my web sales, uh, but again to a manageable degree because that's that's the other part is like you know I really want to be able to follow through with what I say I'm doing for someone you know. Yeah. And, and do you uh, help? No, do you I, have don't. A, yeah. I don't. I don't have help. I, I bring in help when I need it in terms of business, but I don't in terms of the craft because they're one mm-hmm. of a kind. So it, that's the that's the important part to me. Um, so I've had I had a, a web designer, um, Heidi Dykeman, who came in and helped me get my website um, to where I wanted it. And I've had um, I've had um, employees in the past, but they really focused on the inventory and the mm-hmm. um, marketing. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so, you know, I bring that in, I'm not, that's not my forte, and I know when to ask for help with that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, yeah. Oh, I was going to say, so, you know, so, so there is room for growth always. I think that's just a human experience. Um, 
but business-wise for me, for sure. And I've, I've, I've worked with advisors in the past and taken things in a different direction. I mean, going, you, you know, you'd asked how I went from leather to jewelry. That was literally life. Um, my, my son was born and wouldn't sleep. So <laughs> I had to figure out a way to create smaller things quicker and, mm-hmm. um, and wow. not have to travel to leather tanneries and, and you know. So. Yeah. And, I mean, how long does it usually take for you to work on a, a custom project? Like, is it, do you do one at a time or do you work on a few simultaneously? How does that work for you? Yeah, I mean, it depends on the time of year because, like, you know, Christmas time, I'm working on 15 projects right now that all wow. have to be done, yeah. you know? Like, I mean, they, they've slowly, some get done quicker than others. And um, if it's something that someone's bringing me uh, of a loved one that I'm repurposing, um, I take my time with it. I actually try to, um, I get as much information on the person that they're, you know, who owned this piece before them as possible and really try to connect there. But if it's, uh, if it's something I've done before and they want their own version of it or, um, you know, they just have an idea that they want me to work with, I think, to be honest, the simpler style, the longer it takes for me. My friend, mm-hmm. my friend here in, in Portland, Fook Tran, who owns... Tsunami Tattoo has made me a better leather worker because he likes real simple lines and, and structure and, you know, there's no room for mistakes. So I've literally mm-hmm. worked for hours on this most, you'd look at the watch band that I made and be like, why would that take you so long? But it's, it's mm-hmm. literally just because <laughs> I, it's so simple and I have this mm-hmm. way of, if I mess something up, I, I call it pulling it out. Because I'm like, oh, shoot, I just, I just cut into that leather. Well, I just have to attach another piece of leather to it. And it's what has developed my style, you know. But you can't do that when you're making something very structured and very clean. So Right, right. You so know. we have to take a quick break. But we're talking with Hannah Tarkinson of Ponomo yeah, in Portland, girl. Maine. <laughs> in Portland, Maine. And we're going to be right back. Thanks. <laughs> Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Advance and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A. 
Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. I'm Jody Paydar, and I'm here with Liz Gold. And I have to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, um, Intuit and Avalara. And actually, our guest today, um, Hannah Tarkinson, is um, from Ponomo, and she does handcrafted jewelry, jewelry and leather. And she actually has sales tax in her business. So it's kind of exciting because we don't always get to talk about sales tax. And we're now in my favorite part of the show, which is her financial underwear drawer. <laughs> And so I'm going to bring it back with Hannah is how did you deal with the whole idea of sales tax when you started selling your goods to other people? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I, you guys, I literally had no business sense, but I do use QuickBooks. So there's your plug for Intuit. <laughs> um, we love I, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had no idea. I went to the Small Business Association, the SBA here. I had a business advisor through um, Women Working Community. I had so much help getting this thing started and just fumbled my way through to it. You know, and I, I went from DBA to an LLC. Um, again, it was all so much help. Portland has a lot of great resources. Um, Rita Hames was a, a she's a lawyer, but she ran a program that, at the University of Maine Law School where they helped you get trademarked, um, and they gave you the nice. services for free. You had to pay for the trademark, but um, you you got your services for free. So literally, just people just held my hand through all the initial um, early years of of really businessing up and adulting. <laughs> And and what did that feel like? Because you're an artist, right? So you're like really into your trade itself. And yet yeah. now the business side um, was definitely, I well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe outside of your comfort zone. Oh, yeah. Or, such a drag. I, I was so like, ugh, like I just would put it off until the last minute. And I, you know, I just, I wanted a business partner for a long time after Martha and I decided to go our separate ways. And I think part of that was just doing all this stuff. You know, I wanted someone to, who either excelled in that or who could just complain about it with me, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, but I hit my stride when I got a bookkeeper because mm. she gave me some tips on how to get through uh, entering all the information and also really just you know, the first year she sat with me and she really just sort of took me through each process of entering data, of, of how to account for my sales tax, of going back in the year that I figured out all of the wrong numbers. Um, I left out all the checks that I deposited. <laughs> I mean, literally, if there was a mistake to be made, I made it. And um, I guess that's just how I learn. 
you know. And that organization actually helped you, right? Because I think a lot of people think yeah. that, oh, the organization is overwhelming, but actually once it's organized, it makes your life so much easier. Yes, I have to say, as an artist, I used to use the excuse of just being in the moment. I had to be, in, I had to be like, you know, in the zone. Um, no, it, what happens is you put off this stuff to the last minute, and then you're quite literally screwed, and you, you don't get any zone time. So what I mm-hmm. try to do is have one day a week where I, I deal with the business of Ponomo, and if it requires more, then I do more, but I have one designated day where it's like I'm on QuickBooks, I'm entering all my information, and I'm checking in with my bookkeeper if I need to, um, because that's that's what works for me. But it took, like, hand-holding. Like, literally, like, I, I, my friend Sonia came in and worked with me for a year, and we were trying to decide if we could do the business together, and it just was one of those, like, it's really a one-person show. Like, this is this is... This is for one person, the way you want to run it. And um, I just had to accept that. But, you know, she was just really bringing it back to me. Like, this is important. Like, get a, get a, if you don't want to do it on the computer, get a book, you know, and like, keep your numbers straight. Like, it was, it was almost like, it was almost embarrassing, but I was so rebellious about it that I was like, this is an art. But (laughs) yeah. Yeah. So there's an art to it, it, right? Yeah. Yeah. So then, now that you have it kind of organized, do you go back to those numbers and use them to help you, or are you still in the place where it's just like, no, I'm keeping track of it, and or do you actually look towards those numbers to help you make decisions? I do. I I look to my numbers, especially when I do shows, uh, to see what sold the most the year before, um, and that will kind of you know when you're you know just having it be a holiday season when you're doing shows, uh, you're making a lot of things and and. You're, they're, you know, you're not always being specific about what you're doing. You're, maybe you're looking at them, what's hot or what's inspiring you. Um, but if you do use your numbers from the previous years, you'll see what's sold, and you'll, you'll have better sales. So you know, for me, at holiday, earrings sell really, really well. Um, and so that's what I focus on a lot of my time. And I'll, ha- I'll have other options. But, um, um, so, yeah, that's where the numbers kind of come in handy for me. And also, you know, each year I try to bump them to the next level. That's that's the goal, you know. For growth. Um, for the yeah. growth, yeah. We would, let's talk about pricing a little bit. How do you decide on how to price, you know, um, your work? Was that something that was hard to do or was oh, that something so hard. that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a boutique in, in Maine, Zane, um, that really kept pushing me to raise my prices. Uh, really kept pointing out how much time I put into the work I make, and I'm not charging for that. You know, I was just doing mm. materials times two and thinking that that would just sort of be enough to get overhead and, and my time. And and then, you know, I've had uh, a business advisor saying, what do you want to make an hour? If you were working for someone else, would you just mm-hmm. do it for nothing? Like, you know, and mm-hmm. um, so I I had to, like, again, fumble my way through to figuring out what the right price point was. And there are, you know, especially with jewelry, I, I found with leather and especially in the main demographic, people don't understand the price of leather um, because it's not something they buy a lot of. It's sort of a specialty thing here. Um, and so, I, I, again, making one of a kind, I just couldn't make the demographic work. It didn't, it didn't work um, in terms of making a living. Jewelry really had... It was a gift that my son couldn't sleep, I guess, because <laughs> people understand jewelry and pricing, and there's a market to compare it to. And, um, and so you can look at silver and see what the price is. People are more prone to do that than looking at a hide of leather and what kind of leather and what part of the country or world it came from. And 
So, um, mm-hmm. you know, pricing things, there's a lot of formulas, especially in the jewelry world, where you could, you know, it's your time, it's your overhead, it's your, uh, the materials, shipping. You know, there's a lot there's of brand. stuff that you don't, if you don't chart, if you don't put into the price of the item, you might not be able to make each month's rent as your, you know, as a, a owner, you know, an owner, one single person running this business. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I have a day mm-hmm. off, I don't get paid for it, you know? So, right. so, so I thought this was really interesting. I was at that one of a kind show again, this past couple weekends ago. Yeah. And I heard someone ask the artisan, like how long it took her. And her response was 28 years. And I yeah. thought that was like the best answer ever. Yeah. Word. Yeah. I, I can appreciate that, you know, because like I said, I didn't, I didn't study any of this. Like I've taken classes for jewelry making and I have uh, my friend and neighbor at Running With Scissors, Jennifer Nielsen, is a jeweler and she's been a tremendous guiding force for me. Um, but, you know, this is a lot of figuring it out on my own and and that is costly too and i you know i went to art school and paying that off you know <laughs> i haven't paid that off yet mm-hmm. um so, so yeah what's there's, the average price point of one of your pieces um well let's just take so one of the big sellers this year are hoops that i'm making i'm layering sterling on top of sterling and each hoop not just the pair but within the pair is a little different um, and those can range anywhere from 140 to 180 um i have necklaces that range anywhere from like I'd say 120 to, you know, 800, depending on what, what materials I'm using for them right now. Um, leather work, leather work is really custom at this point for me. So I'm not, I, occasionally I'll make a few bags and they'll sell immediately. Um, but, you know, I have one project, a, a woman brought to me um, a 30-year-old leather coat that she had that she bought in Italy. And it's just, the leather is beautiful, but it's not the right style for her. So we're turning it into a bag. And, you know, that's, that's, that's up there in price, cool. <laughs> hundreds of hundreds of dollars. But it's it's like taking me six months to do it because it is so custom. Mm-hmm. I had to special order the lining. I had to special order the the fitters on the inside. Um, mm-hmm. And no one in the world will have any leather up product that I make because they're they are one hundred and ten percent one of a kind. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no doubling up on that. So, um, and you know it's not for everyone. You know I, I've 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 heard people speak about pricing and, and jewelry and leather work and it's you know if, if you would rather just have something for the year and and have it be more like a disposable fashion that's not, there's a judge-free zone on my end on that but it's not who I am you know mm-hmm. um, it's what I'm giving you is something that the goal is to make it last a lifetime and to have it get more beautiful with age and uh, and wear and um, have it be timeless like that's I've that's part of what I put into my work is a timeless factor. And I'm, yeah. you know, a lot of the people that I, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Continue what you were going to oh, say. Oh, well, you know, the jewelry that I started off doing was repurposing a lot of Victorian and Edwardian pieces. Um, and so that's because when I would go to these leather tanneries, I would also stop at the antique shops and just collect pieces. Um, and, you know, now I'm metal smithing straight from a sheet of metal and continuing to do the repurposed stuff. But, um, you know that there's nothing that can replace that when you when you use something so one of a kind. You know, if I'm finding a Victrola key, um, you know, a vintage Victrola key that I'm also then doing my metal smithing around, like there's just no one else who's going to make that. And if they 
do, then it's a ripoff. So it's it's like you're not you'll never get this again. And there's a quality and a intention behind it. And it's not better or worse. It's just it's it is what it is. And and it's some people right. love it, and yeah. some people collect it. You know. And I think that's what people are paying for. I mean, yeah. I don't know if people are really paying for like, okay, Hannah's spending, you know, 25 hours on this bag. Like, they're not really thinking about that. I mean, yeah. I think they're thinking about, wow, here's this really, you know, special flannel shirt for my grandfather, I think, right? Father. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and I want, you know, something, me. I want scarves made out of this so I can have this for the rest of my life, you yeah. know? And, um yeah wear it with me whereas if I just left it in its original form it would just sit in a box somewhere you know I feel like people are that's what people are paying for they're paying for your brand which is you know a very unique you know handmade um well-intentioned you know um customized art you know so um yeah so it's very it's very cool like um how you've created your business you know to sort of work for you as you have moved up because you started the business in 2001 so you know yeah yeah you've been rolling for a while with this so (laughs) so, (laughs) yeah a long time and you know I mean I think that's the that's the other part I should say about doing this kind of work it's like there are, I'm not the only one. And so what you do yeah. is you find the artist whose style you like, you know, whose, whose mm-hmm. um, attention to detail you, you like and you respond to. And so, um, again, like I can't emphasize that enough. There are so many good artists in Maine and, and everywhere. Um, and it's just finding if you have those kind of projects that, you know, I had a client bring me her mother's engagement ring and her father's wedding ring when they passed. They passed away at the same time. And wow. we made earrings out of it, you know, and it's like, but she liked yeah. my style. So she just gave me those and said, I know I'll love whatever you make. That is like the dream client. Right. I <laughs> yeah. Told you. It's like, I, yeah. I love your style, you know, but that's, that's, there are many artists that do this. Um, it's so hard to make a living off of it that you, it takes time. And um, oh, I wish I remember this woman's name. There's a, there's a recording engineer um, and she was saying, like, there aren't many female recording engineers out there because it takes a good 14 years to finally, you know, get where you want to get and be able to get the clients that you want. And it's true for this, too, this kind of uh, business, because it takes so long of, of getting very little in return in terms of financial compensation and being able to make ends meet um, when you finally hit your stride. So, you know, you've got to have a certain kind of crazy to keep it <laughs> going and going. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to continue talking to Hannah Tarkinson of Ponemo. We'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Are you a small business ready to work remotely with a CPA who is passionate and radical? New Vision CPA Group is a firm that understands the latest cloud technologies and will work with you for a fixed monthly price. We understand that tax and accounting are important, but the everyday insight into your financial data that helps you make critical financial decisions is priceless. We're with you every step of the way at New Vision CPA Group. Visit newvisioncpagroup.com today for more information. 
advance, and evolve. Liz Gold, owner of Rhino Girl Media, provides a wide range of services to those looking to get their message out into the world. Her specialty is simplifying the complex, finding the juice in any story, and helping people find their voice. Rhino Girl Media is a communications and media company that promotes the innovative and creative work of business people, independent artists, and nonprofit organizations. For writing, editing, blog posts, web content, press releases, branded content, and consulting, visit rhinogirlmedia.com. Tax compliance can be a pain for businesses, but Avalara's powerful tax automation technology simplifies sales tax and other business taxes with real-time tax calculation and automatic return filing. It's simple to get started because Avalara works inside your accounting, e-commerce, and point-of-sale systems. That's why thousands of the world's best businesses outsource their tax compliance with Avalara. Shouldn't you too? Learn more at Avalara.com. That's A-V-A-L-A-R-A.com. You're listening to Let's Get Radical with Jody Paydar and Liz Gold. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-790. You may also send an email to Jody and Liz at letsgetradical.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're listening to Let's Get Radical. I'm Liz Gold, and I'm here with Jody Padar. And our guest today is Hannah Tarkinson. She's the founder and designer behind Ponomo, yeah, based in Portland, Maine. But you can get her jewelry and leather goods all over the world. And, um, yeah, so, Hannah, this has been a really great conversation about your work and, and the decisions you've made behind your brand. You know, you've been in business since 2001. You know, what we're coming into 2017, obviously. It seems very, uh, it's like, wow, 2017? Whoa. Um, yeah. So, where do you, where, what's going to be happening for you in the next, in the next year? Well, um Let's see. My my biggest business expansion is I'm I'm really going to be pushing to get into some uh, some more galleries and museums. Um, I'm at the Portland Museum of Art currently, and a couple galleries up north in Maine. And I really want to just make that the next stage because I think that is a my audience. I think it's a smart business move. Um, but I, I also really appreciate the appreciation for the art of fashion. You know. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And then really making the the website uh, be a bit more um, substantial, you know, like not in terms of looks, but in terms of just being out there. Um, that's the goal, and also just kind of bracing myself for the election, <laughs> for the, for yeah. the presidency. Um, I've yeah. as an artist feel like it's really important to you know you spend all this time in the studio and to make it count. And so this year has been the end of 2016 has been a lot about being mindful about what I'm creating. Um, mm-hmm. and, and making pieces that are, I mean, they're politically charged, but they're not, they're not against anyone, but they're, they're pro peace. <laughs> so yeah, really, you know, putting my mouth, mind, money, and heart, <laughs> aligning those and, and really, you know, making certain products that are, um, giving a good message, um, and, and living up to it, being the business that stands behind that, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Like your safety pin earrings, which I'm wearing right now, which I really like a lot. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, have, I'm just curious, have you ever designed clothes? Um, I have designed, so I have, I have t-shirts right now, um, and I have designed clothing in the past. I have actually done a line called the white line, and I took apart all white shirts, t-shirts like chiffon, silk, and repurposed them and put them back together. And they were a great hit, and they took so much time. They took so much time. And so I had to kind of decide, like, if I get a custom order, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I, have an, I do have an order on my, on my plate right now for a, a, a shirt that I'm designing from a woman's father's shirt. Like, he, he had a flannel, and she wanted to add it to other things. So we're basically making this beautiful um, mixed-medium shirt for her. Um, so, yeah, the answer in short, yes, uh, but it, it, it sort of sidetracks me a little bit. So I have to be really sure about having the time for the project. Has there ever been an instance where somebody comes to you and says, can you help me make this? And you're just like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, uh, like, <laughs> well, he, let's see. Um, I actually, yes, this really sweet guy just came to me and asked me to help make a, an engagement ring for his partner. Mm. And he wanted to use a bunch of older rings and repurpose them and put them, melt down the metals and, and um, use the existing diamonds. And it's such a great sentimental idea, but what I would have charged was just more than he could pay. And yeah. so yeah. I, but that was the only reason why I turned it away. Um, you know, and I also, I have uh, um, a lot of family obligations right now, so I didn't have the amount of time that it would take, and I didn't have the personal you know, account to be able to give it as a kind of like a right. thing. So, um, but typically I don't turn things away because people know what they're getting into in terms of style. Yeah. And so we, you know, if I give a price point for a quote that doesn't work for someone that they might say no to me. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I just adore custom work. So yeah, I try not to turn it away. So, so how can people get in touch with you? How can they follow you on Instagram and, and how, if they want a custom piece made, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, so, you know, my, the best way to get in touch with me is by email, which is hannah at ponomostyle, P-O-N-O-M-O style.com. Um, and then through my website also, uh, ponomostyle.com. Um, Instagram is the way to keep, in, you know, keep up to date with what's going on in the studio because uh, I keep that the most currently, you know, that's the most current updated um, social media and Facebook as well. Um, but if you really want to place an order of, of custom, email me at that address or find me through the website. Fantastic. Hannah, this has been so great. I'm so happy that you were able to come on our show. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, and, you know, you're obviously you're listening to Let's Get Radical. We're all, we're on Facebook, backslash Let's Get Radical. We're on, uh, Jody and I are both on Twitter. And also, um, let's see, you can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, you can always send us an email at Jody and Liz at let's get radical.org. We're always looking for, um, you know, cool guests and to talk to. And um, what else, Jody? Like, what else is going on that we I'm need to I'm just announce? really excited about 2017. I, just, I, I can't wait because we have a whole year of shows. 
So it's going to be unbelievable. <laughs> that, that is true. We have a whole year of shows for small businesses and the people who love them. Um, and, you know, and we have an archive. So if you have missed a show, you can always go back to our page and look at all the different guests that we've had on in the past. So next week we'll be here um, talking to Gina all about um, customer uh, culture. We're going to talk about company culture next week. So stay tuned. Join us next week. And Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Liz um, and Jody. I so appreciate it. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to Let's Get Radical. Please join Liz Gold and Jody Paydar again next Tuesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. This week, it's time for you to get radical. Let's Get Radical is brought to you by Avalara, sales tax automation for businesses of all sizes. Visit us on the web at avalara.com. That's A V A L A R A dot